You're listening to SpecScript. Today's episode, Sliders. Recorded at the Ha Ha Harvest Festival and written by Michael Garcia. Hey, speculators, it's Chris. What's up? Starting another episode with a lot of cool new juicy news. We're doing Sliders today. That's the episode you're listening to. And it was recorded way back in November 2018. Sliding into the past, baby. Uh, We're releasing it right now because it was recorded at the first ever Ha Ha Harvest Comedy Festival. A comedy festival put on by Shannon Hunt and yours truly. That takes place right after Thanksgiving, largely at Kelly's Olympian, but all over downtown Portland. It's a really cool festival. Last year we put it on with basically no prep time, and this year... Guess what, baby? We're bringing it back. It's going to be really fun. It's going to focus on a lot of unique, one-of-a-kind comics who provide one-of-a-kind comedy experience. And because, as you know, because you're listening to a podcast, I love podcasts, we're going to try to emphasize a lot of theme shows, variety shows, and podcasts. So if you got podcast theme shows, or just a funny person, and want to hang out over the weekend that follows Thanksgiving in Portland, Oregon, uh, apply to the Ha Ha Harvest Comedy Festival. Right now, it's early bird submissions with our only $10. I mean, that's just that's just a sandwich, baby. And if you live in Portland, submissions are free until June 3rd. So get on that if you don't have any money, because none of us have money, because we're artists, baby. The Ha Ha Harvest Festival is so good. It's so fun. This year is going to be amazing with a lot of bigger and badder stuff, and we're just going to have a a whole smorgasbord and cornucopia of comedic delights. So, apply to that, and if you're just in Portland on November 29th, 30th, or December 1st, come to the Ha Ha Harvest Festival. So that's that. Other new news is uh, we got a bunch more future shows. So, on May 31st, this Friday, we'll be at Le Voyeur in Olympia, Washington for Family Guy, written by Chase Roper at 8 p.m. Then the very next day on June 1st, we'll be back at Stab Theater in Sacramento for the first ever Sacramento podcast festival where we will be reading an episode of The Bachelor written by Jamie Fernandez. But there's more to that episode. This episode will be the first time since March of 2018 that Kyle McCormick and Lucia Fasano are back on SpecScript. It's going to be the best, most amazing love fest imaginable. And if you listen to our Cheers episode, you know that Sacramento and Stab Comedy Theater freaking rock, baby. Then on June 9th, we got our main show back in Portland. Riley McCarthy's doing House of Cards. I'll say, I'll say. And then on June 15th, another festival We'll be at the Albuquerque Funny Fiesta in, you guessed it, Albuquerque, where Sarah Kennedy is writing an episode of The O.C. That's June 15th at the Guild Cinema, 5 p.m., and Lydia Manning will be there, too. I think that's it for for that news. It's, uh, ooh, Mama's gonna take a break. But just a little more uh, is we are also nominated for best podcast in portland oregon for the willamette week's best of portland poll so uh please give us a vote there thank you for nominating us that kicks a lot of butt 
and it makes me feel real good and make the whole Spectre family feel even better by helping us win and destroying Dumb and Busted. Otherwise, I think that's it. Vote for us, please. Check out any of those shows if you live in Olympia, Sacramento, Albuquerque, uh, or those places, or Portland, um, where we always are. Give to our Patreon, please. And thank you for listening to a lot of news. Oh, yeah, and apply to the Ha Ha Harvest Comedy Festival. So much stuff, so much fun. Now let's start Slider. All right, everyone, who's ready to start? Specscript! Hey, Jeremiah, we good up there? Oh, rock and roll. Too sweet. Uh, Everybody, give it up for Jeremiah, our sound man. Is Edward up there? For the f- Screw him. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, this is Specscript at the Ha Ha Harvest Comedy Festival, the inaugural Ha Ha Harvest uh, Comedy Festival. Uh, give it up for Shannon Hunt, creator of this festival. She's not here, but give it up for her spirit. Um, yeah, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And today we're doing sliders. Uh, sliders. Sliders. Sliders, 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 sliders. And it's going to be a fun one. And this one is written by... Long time, beautiful BB of Specscript. Michael Garcia, give it up for him! All right, all right. Let's start this beautiful show. Everyone give a big round of applause to your cast as they come up onto the stage and grab a seat. Woo! So, uh, you beautiful audience people already know this, but I'm saying this for the new listeners at home. Specscript is a show where a cool person writes an episode of a TV show they have never seen, and then we bring it to life on stage, usually here at the wonderful bar of Kelly's Olympian. Get some beer, get some wine, and if you don't drink, get soda water. I have a giant picture of it right back there. Shane, sweet baby, could you bring that to Mimi? Uh, yeah, so it's a good one. Check out, check out the show. We've done a lot of episodes, a lot of great ones. If you like Pokemon, we got a Pokemon episode. If you like Game of Thrones, it's a Game of Thrones episode. If you have bad taste, it's a Walking Dead episode. Uh, if you have good taste... Written by me! Yeah! If you have good taste, there's a Gilmore Girls episode. Um, Shane also just wrote a Breaking Bad episode, and it is a Mamma Mia good, and it's all about cooking food. Because uh, I haven't seen the show, so, you know. Yeah. Freaking delicious. All right, so, ah, so what we do uh, for the listeners at home is uh, people uh, on this stage will tell you their name, the character they are playing, and uh, something they are thankful for, because this is the purpose of the Ha Ha Harvest Comedy Festival. Thank you so much, Shane. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, let's see. Let's start with Shane. <laughs> no, start over there. No, start. Let's start with Shane. I have to. I just sat down. I'm like stage manager. I here. have to solve a problem I created. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm Shane Hosey. I'm going to be reading the the narrator parts, so the action and scene descriptions. And I'm thankful for my wonderful co-host, Chris. That was sarcastic. Next, Andy. You're welcome. (laughs) Don't tell him. I'm Andy Wancio, and I'll be reading the part of Daphne. And I'm thankful for... Portland's own Jerry Garcia, Shane Hosea. Soon for the grave. <laughs> hey, I'm Dash. Uh, hold 
on, I'm learning my roles right now. So I'm Dash Thompson, uh, and I will be playing the role of Sam. And uh, I'm thankful for, uh, you know, uh, lots of stuff. You know, people, things, material possessions. I love it all. <laughs> Lay it on him, folks. He'll take, he'll take whatever. Hi, I'm uh, Aaron Walker. I'm going to be uh, reading for Gizmo tonight. And I am thankful for um, Asian market movies that feature Steven Seagal and Mike Tyson. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. They're still being made and they're fantastic. They're not good. I am uh, Michael Garcia. I will be playing the uh, role of Gimli, son of Gloin, trademark. And uh, I am thankful for all of your forgiveness that I am begging after you hear this screen. Uh, I'm Carolyn Maine, and I will be playing Expository Juicy. Uh, I'm thankful for sexual coitus, including the position 69. Nice. nice. Up there. Woo. Uh, hey, I'm Nick. I, I'm going to be playing, uh, who did who'd you just tell me? Lady Rue or Lady Kanga? Lady Kanga. I'm going to be playing Lady Kanga and Al, which I'm uh, thankful to be. I've always wanted to be Dean Stockwell, and so now I get to kind of be him for a second. And I'm, and I'm thankful for doing my lucky number 11 uh, spec script. Thank you, Chris and Shane, for letting me come up here sometimes and doing things. I'm counting the house shows, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm Avalon Leonetti, and I've just found out that I will be playing uh, movie star Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, I'm also thankful for the plentiful harvest of grains. <laughs> Somebody's gotta be. Uh, let's see. Hi, I'm Chris Hotomy. I am uh, playing the role of Barb from Stranger Things. Uh, and and uh, ooh, and I'm also playing the role of Lady Rue, uh, Australian. I'm playing a lot of teenage women, um, which we need more representation in media. That's not sarcastic. More teenage women represented in media. They're an underserved demographic, uh, which is why I'm thankful uh, for... Uh, like that Sabrina reboot? Yeah, the new... Uh, yeah, I mean, isn't it problematic? I don't know. I haven't watched it. Uh... <laughs> I'm thankful for hot takes online that tell me what to like and what to not like, even if I uh, disagree. Um, no, I'm thankful for my wonderful family who, uh, if they were here, they wouldn't want me to call them out. Um, they're right over there. Give it up for them. Uh, yeah, and I'm wonderful. I'm thankful for uh, the amazing staff and angels at Kelly's Olympian that makes Specscript such a magical thing. I'm thankful for the community of Specscriptos. I've not come up with a name for the Specscript people. <laughs> Yet, um, spec scripties. Yeah, something one day. Um, spec script BBs. Uh, the the conscripts. Yeah, the conscripts. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, the, the followers Brent. of spec scripture. Yeah, it, all of it. Uh, I am thankful that we have started a new cult. Uh, so thank you so much, and I'm really thankful that Michael Garcia wrote a damn good episode of a show that a surprising amount of you have seen. So let's slide into these DMs as we start sliders. The Long Way Home, an episode of Sliders in Six Acts by Michael Garcia. Here we go. Six acts. Six acts. Act one. 
Interior, bedroom. Open with a close-up of a wind-up alarm clock on a nightstand. The alarm begins to ring loudly. Suddenly, a hand smashes it off the nightstand across the room. Movie star Jerry O'Connell sits up in bed, rubs his eyes, and surveys his Spartan quarters. Shit. Same place, different episode. The door to his bedroom bursts open as his chipper teammate, Expositary, enters hurriedly. Good morning, Quint. Hope you're well-rested. Now we have a big day planned trying to get you back to your home dimension. Uh, Look. I tell you this every day. I'm not from another dimension. I'm from the movies. <laughs> Somehow some film stock must have been switched or spliced or something, and I ended up in this show. And my name's not Quint. It's movie star Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> movie star. Of course. Uh, you tell me that every day, silly. That's how we remind viewers of the show's premise. As you know, my role on the team and the show is to fill in the backstory, explain plot holes, and interpret all the techno jargon of our resident computer nerd, Gizmo. Expository hands movie star Jerry O'Connell a muffin and leads him through the door to the laboratory. Oh, uh, you know, we're pretty lucky to have him. He's pretty good at dropping in confusing doses machinas when we need one, and those fun goggles go so well with his spiky hair. Oh, uh, have I mentioned he beatboxes? The lab is massive, with its perimeter full of many bleeps and blooping machines, Bloop. and outdated monitors blinking strings of nonsensical numbers. Bloop. In the center of the room, on a slightly raised dais, sits a subway car. Next to it, Gizmo types furiously on a clicky-clack-sounding keyboard. Bloop. Morning, Quint. I've got some good news. I've been working on something to get you back home. You see, I've been bombarding the interocitor with tachyon beams, which it converts into a unique infrared light pulse pattern. (laughs) My name's not Quint. Uh, Hold on, I think I get it. Basically, you turn the Inker locator into a giant tachyon TV remote. My name's name's Jerry O'Connell. Hush, eat your muffin. So, Gizmo, what you're saying is we don't need to move in between dimensions. Right. We just need to change the channel. I'm, 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 a, mo- I'm a movie star? <laughs> hey, Chief, let me stop you right there. This is Sliders, a television yeah. show. There is no way a movie star would be on this. Sliders. <laughs> uh, yeah, what about him? Movie star Jerry O'Connell points to the corner where Gimli's son of Gloin TM is calmly sharpening his axe. <laughs> Oh, Gimli? He's not a movie star. What what do you mean? Lord of the Rings is one of the most successful franchises of all time. (laughs) Yeah, but Gimli isn't a star of Lord of the Rings. He's just a character. We licensed him. He's just fiction, Quint. Like all of us. No, you don't under... I was in Jerry Maguire. (laughs) I thought thought you said your name was Jerry (laughs) O'Connell. Screw you. Movie star. Dude, fine. Just tell me the plan. Okay, eat your muffin. You'll need the energy. In essence, the interocitor will treat your body's plasma as an enzymatic biofuel cell, or EBC for short. I don't know why I bothered asking. He means your body is a battery for the Tachneon remote. Whatever. If it gets me back home making movies, that's all that matters. It is gonna be dangerous. You need to bring it the entire team for protection. Gimli, and of course, Daphne. A door slides open. <laughs> and Daphne strides confidently into the room and strikes a charismatic pose. But we have a dangerous mission today. Certainty of death? Small chance of success? What are we waiting for? Wait a sec. I, 
I don't need any training wheels. Uh, sorry, Quint. We have to insist. Gimli is as old as the mountains, and every team needs a wise sage. And to balance everything off, you need an action hero for when the chips are down. And that's Daphne. What, what do you mean? I'm the hero of the show. I'm Jerry O'Connell. Sorry, sweetie. I'm on the muscle on that show. You're just the MacGuffin. The what? The what? The MacGuffin, Quint. Your role on the show is as a plot device that gives us a reason to visit different dimensions while you were trying to get you home. I'm not a MacGuffin. Well. well. <laughs> I'm, I'm a movie star. Okay, let's show the road on the road. Daphne walks toward the subway car and its door slides open. She enters, followed by the rest of the team. I'm going to keep doing it. Gizmo runs up and hands a pair of glasses to Quint. Don't forget your beta blue blockers. <sighs> that was close. Without the technology in those glasses, we wouldn't, couldn't see or hear or what you hear. T- Wait, hold on. <laughs> Whew, that was close. Without the technology in those glasses, we couldn't see what you see, hear what you hear, or transport you back. Gizmo begins pushing buttons on a control panel that is at an angle where the audience cannot see if his fingers are on the screen. Oh, and Quint, don't bother Daphne with any flirty banter. <laughs> that was introduced last season to generate sexual tension, and it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> oh. And Daphne, stay safe out there. Yeah? Yeah! We have an arc next season. Expository gives Daphne a wry smile as the doors slide closed. She turns to Gizmo. I love 90s TV. Exterior, dense woodlands, nighttime. A burst of light flashes and the team find themselves in a small clearing in a dark woodland. Moon night streams through the tree branches, illuminating dollar bills raining down from the sky all around the team. I could get used to this. Are you always seeing what I'm seeing? Daphne is holding her hands up in the moonlight, looking at them incredulously. The rest of the team follows suit, looking around in wonder. Why does everything look so fuzzy? Quint, this is Terry back at the laboratory. We're taking you through the blue blockers. Hey, Chief, this is confirmation. What you see is low-level noise, typical of a high-frequency radio Mm -hmm. range. Normally we see impulse noise at a much lower megahertz. Mm-hmm. Terry, <laughs> translation, please. <laughs> he means you've successfully closed from a VHF feed to a UHF feed. Now you've done it. You're on another channel. Okay, team, let's try to gather some intel and figure out where we are. As the team looks around, a voice can be heard speaking in a grove of trees ahead. The team approaches and sees a man suspended from a tree in a skydiving harness. He seems to be talking to himself. They observe him from the tree line, attempting to stay hidden. I don't even know what happened, Dal. Suddenly I was falling through the sky with these bags of money and I barely had time to pull my chute. <laughs> standing, standing on the ground below Sam is Al, an expository plot device that only Sam can see. Uh, uh, sorry, Sam, Ziggy's acting up again. Ever since they saw their own map app, she's been on the fritz. Well, try to figure it out ASAP. It's cold and I have to figure out how to get out of this tree. <laughs> oh, we'll figure it all out. You just hang in there. Do I have any choice? They both have a good chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> is, is he talking to someone? I don't see anyone. Oh, he's a crazy man. They say a great sorceress lives in these woods. Uh, no, 
talking. He's just talking to me. He must have an expository-based teammate he's communicating with. Through an earpiece or something, he's got to be the lead. You should speak with him. On it. Movie star Jerry O'Connell bursts from the tree line, approaching the man in the tree, with the rest of his team quickly following. Hey, uh, I hear you're the star of this show. Uh, I'm the star of mine as well, but uh, I'm not even supposed to be in it. I'm from another... uh, Let's call it a dimension. Uh, and I can't get back. Any, any chance you could help out? Al, do you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same situation. <laughs> help me get down from here and we can discuss it. Mm, be careful, Quint. We're trading real close to some television copyright issues here. Uh, yeah, Sam, I'm going to record this because we're trading real close to some television copyright issues here. Sam points down at Gimli. Maybe your short friend with the axe can chop through this branch that's hanging me up. But be careful, there's a hundred foot drop right past this tree. (laughs) There is indeed a hundred foot drop just past the tree. Gimli, use your axe to cut that branch and get him down. Gimli looks looks towards Daphne. She nods at Gimli and walks over and chops the branch. Sam drops to the ground with a deft tuck and roll, ending up in a dashing pose before the team. You could take some notes, MacGuffin. I, I could do that if I had to. Sure you could, kid. <laughs> I'm not a kid. I'm a movie star. What? I, I said I'm not a kid. I'm a movie star. I think I found out why I'm here, Al. I think this kid needs my help. He seems touched. <laughs> what? I'm touched? You mean in the head? Well, maybe you're touched. Maybe you're the one who's talking to somebody who's not there. No, oh, I'm just talking to Al. He's an admiral. Yeah, I'm an admiral. <laughs> Sometimes they even wear a uniform. No one but Sam he's, sees Al. Here's Al, who remains invisible. Are you speaking with this Al back at a laboratory or base? <laughs> no, he's standing right here in front of you. See, you are crazy. I don't see anyone. That's because that's how he's written. Normal TV show characters can't see him. I'm not a TV character. I'm a movie star. You are, You already said that. Well, you know what? We have movies here. If you're a movie star, why don't I recognize you? Are you kidding me? I'm famous. I was in one of the most beloved coming-of-age films of all time. Oh, wait a second. I think I do recognize you. You do? He does? He does? Yeah. You're one of a small group of kids. You were out searching for something. Yes, yes, that's right. And you were a little chubby, kind of the odd kid out. Am I right? Yeah, yes. That's why I'm so fit now. Look at me. I'm, I'm ripped. I haven't tasted a carbon over a decade. Movie star Jerry O'Connell rips off his shirt and begins to flex strenuously in front of the much bigger Sam. The rest of the team look away awkwardly. Okay, I believe you. So, do it. Do what? You know. No. What? The thing you do in the movie... What? What thing? <laughs> the truffle shuffle! <laughs> Wrong movie. Movie star Jerry O'Connell charges forward, shoving Sam with all of his might. Sam stumbles backwards and disappears over the edge of the hundred-foot drop. He screams on the way down. His cry ends... His cry ends abruptly with a wet thump. Movie star Jerry O'Connell's body tenses up and he seems to, get br- <laughs> seems to get brighter, shining slightly in the darkness. He looks over at Al and begins to walk towards him. Sam! Oh my God! Bro, you killed Sam! Wait a second. Can you see me? Get away! Al steps back in fright. 
dropping a handheld gadget that really should have been a, have a protective case over it. Movie star Jerry O'Connell reaches forward and grabs Al by his jacket. Unable to see the invisible Al, Daphne runs past them both and looks over the cliff down at Sam's broken body. What have you done? It was an accident. I, I didn't know that the ledge was so close. He moves to the ledge, holding the invisible Al over the open air. You can't be doing this. You can't see me. You can't be touching me. I'm red so no characters can see me. That's the thing. I'm not a TV character. He lets go of Al, whose body drops into the chasm. I'm a movie star. Reaching down, movie star Jerry O'Connell picks up Al's gadget. Gizmo, bring us home. I got something for you. Interior, laboratory, later. I still don't think you understand the gravity of this situation. You just killed a man, Quint. (laughs) Gravity. This isn't funny. You know what is funny? These weird flex capacitor readings I'm getting off you, Quint. Your body now has a range of 49 to 952 megahertz. Terry? Uh, that means he's become a full-range antenna. We should be able to extend our range dramatically. Right. And with this handheld you brought back, I've been able to change our interocitor settings. We should be able to even switch format. Well, except for Flash. Yeah. <laughs> More importantly, ooh, I know... I now know when we were using the calendar app, we were just weren't offline syncing. Which means bad dates. <laughs> exactly. We just need to wait a second, Gimli. You just proved my thesis. We just changed platforms. OMG, you're right. Gimli just spoke dialect from an entirely different proprietary property. Also, OMG is a thing. Okay, let's let's pull out let's put all this tech in effect and find me a movie. Movie star Jerry O'Connell bounds into the subway car with Daphne and Gimli following behind him. Gizmo is at his control panel, fiddling around with a newly acquired handheld. We aren't done talking about this, Quint. She snatches the blue blockers from movie star Jerry O'Connell and puts them on. Snatch. Whatever, let's go, Gizmo. (laughs) Hang on one second. What's the holdup? I'm about to catch a Charizard. (laughs) A what now? A Charizard. It's a kind of Pokemon, short for pocket monster. It's a card game fad that certainly won't last through. Don't care, nerds. Let's do this. Vroom. Act three. I don't remember act two. Exterior. <laughs> suburban, suburban home backyard. A burst of light and the team appears at the side of an empty swimming pool. The pool, the backyard, and the home behind it are all in a state of severe decay. A ghostly light shimmers from the sky, diffused by some sort of mist or ash that swirls about them. <laughs> Well, MacGuffin, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, maybe. It it feels different, but not like the movies. Hey, who's that? Movie star Jerry O'Connell points towards a middle-aged woman with glasses standing in the deep end of the empty pool. She appears to be surrounded by black writhing coils. Let's get in there and save her. Asps, very dangerous. You go first. (laughs) Daphne jumps into the pool, runs toward the older woman and uh, begins kicking all the coils away. She then helps her out of the pool. Are you okay, Mom? Uh, yes, thank you for saving my life. You can just call me Barb. We are trying to get our friend back home. Can you tell us where we are? Sure. This is the town of Dawkins. Well, it was. Now we're in the Upside Down. <laughs> I don't follow. 
Look, I was here at a high school party at Steve's house, and then I got knocked out, and I woke up to these monster slugs. High school party? Are you the chaperone? What? <laughs> what? Ne- never mind. Please go on. Look, uh, wherever it is you're trying to get, this isn't it. This show is set in the 80s, the 1980s, and no one wants to be in the 80s. Oh, God, no. I'm from the 90s. I lived through the, that shit as a kid. Then you know, there's so much wrong here. Reagan's president, skinheads are an accepted subculture, all the 80s guys are garbage, and all the 80s comedies tell them to be garbage. And then, and then I'm written to pine for the garbage. Anyways. But they all ignore me because I'm also written to have this haircut and wear these clothes. Seriously, look at these jeans. My mom and I just share the same closet now. Okay, I think we're going to get out of here. You, you want to come with us? Barb points toward movie star Jerry O'Connell, who is holding a football he's picked up from the yard. Uh, is that creepy guy with you? I'm not creepy. Yeah, he's with us. I'm a movie star. No, I'm good to stay in the pool with the, the slugs. Probably the right call. Gizmo, bring us back. Barb turns away and walks back toward the pool. As the flash of light comes and the team is being zapped back to the laboratory, movie star Jerry O'Connell throws the football at the back of Barb's head. She is knocked down to the deep end of the pool where she lands with a cracking noise. Interior, laboratory, later. I really don't understand it, Quint. You've changed again. Somehow you keep taking on the aspects of whatever format you visit. Now you've gone from interlaced to progressive scan. Terry. Uh, He means you're high def, Quint. Uh, We must be on the right track. Let's get back out there. Yeah, you could try your new digital display signal, and we could try and find some feeds of different aspects ratio. Terry. Movie screens, Quint. Hey, Quinn, this handheld bleep bloop just spoke to me with the text that says quadrants. (laughs) What does that mean? I have no idea. I was given no context or anything, so I just just think quadrants, okay? Whatever. Okay, let's get moving, man. Is this a season finale? I feel like we're going long. (laughs) Act four, exterior, beach, daytime. With a flash of light, the team appears on an ocean beachside. In the distance, they can see the remains of the Statue of Liberty toppled onto the beach. Kneeling before it is an old man yelling about his cold, dead hands. (laughs) My God, do you see that? Everyone, do you see that? Yeah, we must be far into the future. No, the film stock. We're at 24 frames, baby. We made it. We're in the movies. (laughs) The sound of thundering hooves echo from around the slight rise on the beach. A contingent of horse-riding soldiers come around the rise into view. As they get closer to the team, they can see the soldiers are anthropomorphic kangaroos dressed in various red hoodie-based garb. They trot up and take the circle formation around the team. Their leader, Lady Kanga, begins to speak. Yeah, looks like we got some more runaway humans here. Leash them up, return to the herd. Then we go collect that old man on the beach. 
Oh, good day, mate. It's me, Lady Roo, a teenage kangaroo. I don't like having that old white walker around. He's always complaining about cannibal hippies and nutritional startups. Be that as it may, me daughter. We can't risk allowing humans to spread freely. Remember what they're responsible for. Never forget. Never. Ever. Ever. Forget. Excuse me, ladies. We aren't from your movie. We're just trying to get to 90s TV. We're just trying to get help our friend home to his film. The 90s? <laughs> Daggy would explain them really sweet, fucking awesome baggy pants you wear all the time. And that sweaty one. He's a bit creepy, though. Is he not? I'm not sweaty, and I'm not creepy. Movie star Jerry O'Connell was wrong. He was indeed both sweaty and creepy. <laughs> I'm a creep. movie star. Oh, crikey, no you're not. That old crank on the beach is a movie star. He parted, uh, he parted the water. Who are you? Hey, that was in the Scream franchise. The Scream franchise! Ah, <laughs> oh, gross. You're a franchise actor, dude. Move on with your life. Quit living in the past and create something new. Let the past die. Kill it if you have to. You know, I was with you until that last sentence. I, I mean, if you kill the past, you never learn from your mistakes. Doomed to repeat it and all that. Dingo? Ah, yeah, I know, but it sounds subversive. I AF. <laughs> <laughs> I.F. Chris Hottamy. I.F. Scottish and Australians are the same culture. I can only be quiet for so long. It means allergen free. <laughs> we, bro- way to- we broke spec script. Way to go, Michael. Uh, this is a special show. We're trying to get All back right. to the All 90s. Right. All right, my daughter Lady Rue speaks out of turn, but she speaks the truth. You have an unlikable direct video from Tom Cruise saying going about you, but you're never going to make it into the pictures. Maybe if you stick with TV, you could make it into syndication. Syndication? Syndication. I'm a movie star. You wallabies aren't just supporting cast. Maybe I should just be the lead in the film we're in now. The fuck you say? Wallabies? Those hopping little forest dwarves? Hey! (laughs) You threaten to take our film and then go full specious? We can't let that pass. Yes, get that basic cable, bitch. <laughs> the troop of multinational kangaroo people things leap from their horses. Lady Kanga kicks Quint, sending him flying across the beach and knocking him unconscious. Exterior, beach, later. Movie star Jerry O'Connell comes to, moaning out loud in pain. He sits up, looking around, and sees bits of kangaroo and horse chopped and strewn about the beach. Strewn. The sands are muddy and clotted with blood. A small distance away, he sees a bloody Gimli laying prone on the ground. Daphne stands over him, glaring over at movie star Jerry O'Connell. Look what you have done. I had to kill a noble family, all because of your hubris. You don't care about yourself. It's like you don't even notice there's other people around you. I bet you don't even know who I am. Were you saying something, Daphne? Fuck you. I'm not Daphne. Your teammate on Sliders. Sliders. That's just a character I play. 
play. I'm movie star Sarah Michelle Geller. I'm also TV star Sarah Michelle Geller. You never got it. It's about not it's it's not about being a star and it's not about what you've done. It's about what you can do. I mean, this is the 90s. Things are great. A booming economy, democratic president, the World Wide Web, and nerds are even becoming their own target demographic. Things can only get better from here. <laughs> Damn it! The only reason I ever agreed to help you escape the show was because I know one day you would become... You'd get one of us killed. And look at Gimli. You finally did it. Movie and TV star Sarah Michelle Gellar turns back on, her, on movie star Jerry O'Connell and kneels down beside Gimli, son of Gloy and TM, taking his hand. Gimli, I'm here. I never thought I'd die fighting side by side with... Uh... Shh. Never mind that. What about side by side with a friend? I, I could do that. Movie star... <laughs> Movie and TV star Sarah Michelle Gellar pulls the beta blue blockers out of the sand where they had been knocked off and buried during the battle. Behind her, movie star Jerry O'Connell rises to his feet, picks up Gimli's axe, and begins to walk towards them. Gizmo, Gimli's dying. Please bring us home. Movie star Jerry O'Connell raises the axe behind movie and TV star Sarah Michelle Gellar as the light flashes and they teleport back to the lab. Act five. Interior, laboratory. Expository stands behind the control panel where Gizmo is wandering about looking for a Bulbasaur. The doors slide open to a subway car. Inside, movie star Jerry O'Connell stands above the bodies of Gimli and Daphne. Gimli's bloody axe in his hand. Oh my god, what happened to Gimli? What happened to Daphne? Daphne? Oh, I killed her with my bare hands. My axe. <laughs> and... And his axe. Movie star Jerry O'Connell swings the axe down, finishing off Gimli. <laughs> axe! Uh, Gizmo! Do something! What are you doing, Quint? Changing formats, Terry! See, I was taking on all the formatting from everyone I killed. And now that I've killed movie star Sarah Michelle Geller, I should be powerful enough to transport to one of my old movies. Oh my God. I feel everything! Oh. I know everything. I am everything. There can only be one! Oh, oh, uh, uh, um, hold up. The whole conceit of this episode is that all our pop culture references are from TV shows and movies with alternate dimensions, yes? That quote is from Highlander, a time-based film, not interdimensional. And it's not even time travel, just flashbacks. This story is totally linear, people. No one likes to know it all. It <laughs> leaps forward and strikes a spositary down, using <sighs> dousing Gizmo in a warm arterial spray. <sighs> Immediately upon her death, Al pops into view right behind the control panel. I, I killed you. No, Sam. <laughs> I'm a hologram. Can't be killed. Once you took possession of Zikibi, and I became, your I, became, I became your expository device. But you already had one in Terry, so I was held in queue until you deleted her. My name isn't Sam. I know. Well, I can't help calling you that. Because that's how you're written? Yeah, Sam. They all have a good chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but seriously, I'm here to help you any way I can. Can you run the interocitor and send me back home? Just let me punch it into Ziggy, Sam. 
Guess I guess I don't need you any longer, do I? <laughs> Movie star Jerry O'Connell begins to walk towards Gizmo. Quint, what are you gonna do to me? Movie star Jerry O'Connell raises the axe. Think quadrants. Act six. Interior apartment. With a flash of light, movie star Jerry O'Connell appears in a distinguished apartment kitchen. The counters are covered in dirty dishes and old food containers. Filth and smells of all sorts fill the darkened apartment. On the stove's top sits a blue box with a large button on top. Movie star Jerry O'Connell presses it down. With a puff of smoke, a large-headed blue figure appears. Hi, I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. I'm Jerry O'Connell, movie star. Look at me. Hi, I'm movie star Jerry O'Connell. You, I see you. But You know. What did you call me? Oh, uh, movie star Jerry O'Connell. You asked me to see you as a movie star when I appeared. Making you a movie star is, my, is now my sole reason for existence. I see you, movie star Jerry O'Connell. Thank you, Mr. Meeseeks. I see you, too. <gasps> we're like the Navi. Uh, you see, you were going about it all wrong. You were always trying to slide. In between dimensions, when all you needed to do was transcend formats. Mr. Meeseeks reaches over the corner counter and picks up a mason jar filled with green lard-like substance. He removes the lid and offers up the jar. You're a very special one, movie star Jerry O'Connell. I, too, am a special one. Come, let us be very special together. Movie star Jerry O'Connell dips his finger into the jar and puts a small amount onto his tongue. Colors explode around him as two-dimensional cartoon planetscape rips through the ceiling, enveloping the sky above. A wave of exploding heat hits him in the face, melting it down to a bloody skull. Suddenly, he snaps back into the filthy apartment standing before Mr. Meeseeks. You know what you have to do. Movie star Jerry O'Connell nods and reaches out, placing a hand on either side of Mr. Meeseeks' head. He begins to press harder and harder. Mr. Meeseeks' head begins to crack and pop between movie star Jerry O'Connell's hands. Sweet release. Mr. Meeseeks' head slips through movie star Jerry O'Connell's fingers as as his body crumples to the ground. Movie star Jerry rubs... Movie star Jerry O'Connell rubs his eyes and surveys his grubby Spartan apartment. A humming and whispering noise begins to build all around him. All the dishes and bits of garbage being shaken and vibrate. The humming comes to a crescendo. From the, then, one thousand cockroaches emerge from the garbage and refuse. The camera zooms in on movie star Jerry O'Connell's sweaty, bloody, creepy face. He looks directly at the audience. I'm home. <laughs> the end. Ah, that has been Spec Script. Blah, blah, blah. Sliders. An episode in six acts written by the man, the myth, the legend, Michael Garcia. Gratata. Uh, give it up uh, for everyone you have... Avalon Leonetti, you got Nick Puente, you got Carolyn Maine, you got Michael Garcia, you got Aaron Michael Walker, you got Dashiell Thompson, you got Andy Awansio. Ooh, and you got Shane Hosey. And you got Chris Hottamy. Uh, thank you to the Ha Ha Harvest Comedy Festival. 
couple things. Check out all of Andy's shows in Seattle and when she comes down to Portland. Check out Dash when he's in Portland or down back in Salem. Check out all the Macaque Attack media shows like Forgotten Fantasies, uh, VHS, VHS Vengeance, and Cartoons and Cocktails. And you got your, your Avalons and your Knicks at those with your Michaels. And then check out Pitch Please, which Tomorrow, is... Tomorrow, here, Kelly, 7 p.m. Yeah. People uh, have to come up with movies based on three cliche cards. It's very yeah. fun. Love to see it. Pitch Please is the name, and it's also a podcast. Uh, yeah, so this is a podcast that you can listen to when you want to. We've done a lot of great episodes. Follow us on social media at either Specscript or Specscript Show on the respective platforms. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, anything to say? We got merch in back, babies, so party on. Uh, and, you know, give us reviews on iTunes, please. Yeah, pl- please. Thank you for listening to Specscript. Come to our next live episode as Riley McCarthy writes House of Cards on June 9th. That's 609. That's 69, baby. The holiest day in Specscript. Thank you. We love you. And. Wah.